0: Will you stand as we read our gospel lesson this morning? Now, every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return... The boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming that Jesus was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. And then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teacher's listening to them and asking questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. He said to them, Why are you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. And then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And his mother Mary treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. This is the word of the Lord. A friend found out I was preaching this week, and she said, "Could you do me a favor?" And I said, "Well, okay. What?" And she said, "You know, since your last sermon on forgiveness and Joe's last ones for the last few weeks, I am just worn out. This is too much. Can you just do a fluff sermon for one week?" (laughs) And I said, "Well, don't know about that. I guess that will be up to God, but I." do have to tell you that it will be shorter today, so you have that. (laughs) (laughs) Let's pray together. God, who is mystery and yet dwells among us, we recognize your presence this day, and we ask that you open our hearts and our ears so that we might hear what you would have to teach us, and we too might be about your business in this new year. For it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. It seems rather odd that less than a week ago we were in this very room anticipating the birth of the Christ child, and now the gifts have all been opened decorations are starting to come down, and we're off to other things. We've barely had time to hold the baby or to truly contemplate the significance of this miraculous birth, but in our text today, Luke thrust us ahead in the life of Jesus to his teenage years. We go from the manger to seeing a 12-year-old boy traveling with his parents to a religious festival in Jerusalem. We've not had a chance to really see the developmental stages of Jesus along the way, of Jesus learning to walk and talk and grow into a young man. All we have is the verse that was before the reading today that says, And the child grew and became strong and filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was on him. So here we are with the gospel's first view of Jesus since his birth. Luke tells us his family has traveled to Jerusalem to worship in the temple and to attend the festivities associated with Passover. Jesus has grown up in a good Jewish home where traditions and rituals were observed. His family had participated once again this season at the temple, and now they were ready to head back home. Friends and family of that day would have traveled together on such an extended journey for the reasons of safety. So I'm sure Jesus' parents thought that he was hanging out with his friends along the way and didn't realize that he was not present until later that evening. They inquired, searched, and came up with nothing. Now, I think as a parent, we have all had those moments when we realized that our child, who we thought was right with us, has strayed away. It sends panic through us, so I'm sure Jesus' parents were quite anxious that they could not find their child. Now, I have to wonder what Mary is thinking at this point, and not being irreverent to Mary, but I think she was a good Jewish mother, and maybe she's saying that boy, what has he put us through? <clears throat> Gossip during the pregnancy, strangers at the birth. Now what? I've lost God's son. Or they? what will the cousins think? <laughs> <laughs> Mary is always portrayed as such a sweet soul, but, but I have to think that a woman who's been so profoundly used by God has to have a little spunk. And Jesus... What was he thinking? Where was he going to sleep during those three days he was away from his parents? And and what was he going to eat? He's a growing adolescent boy. And wasn't he worried about being grounded for the rest of his days? (laughs) At this point in his life journey, Jesus is not only growing and changing physically as an adolescent, but he is realizing that his connection to his earthly parents is changing And his allegiance has to be with his heavenly father. And so he is about the business of getting better acquainted with this heavenly parent by listening and learning and exchanging ideas with the teachers in the temple. After three days, Mary and Joseph find Jesus in the temple. And I have to wonder all the places they looked before they made it to the temple. And Mary is clearly stressed about her child being lost, for she says, "'Why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you.'" And Jesus' response might sound a little flip, but Jesus said, "'Why are you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house?' Mary and Joseph are beginning the process of their own epiphany." which is realizing that Jesus is not under their control and will not always be found at their side. So as we stand back and look at Jesus moving from the manger to this point in his journey, what can we as observers learn? First, I think it's important for us, like Jesus, to understand who we are in relationship to God to become more in tune with the voice and calling that God has for each of us as we submit ourselves to a greater understanding and relationship with this one who is mystery and yet is Emmanuel. The challenge is for us as well to be able to move from the earthly structures that would keep us bound in what we do and where we go and how we live life to being transformed into the will and way of this one who came and who continues to come to each of us today. Jesus had to move away from some of the religious traditions that he was taught as a child and see the plan of God in a new and personal way. The traditions that have been passed on to some of us by the church and by our families may not be the message god wants us to claim for our lives today god wants us to move from our scripted responses of the church to a vibrant and real relationship with this jesus that will transform our very lives a relationship that will fill us in good times and in bad and a relationship that will push us to live beyond what is comfortable at times and move into the realm of loving and living in ways that will transform us and our world. Jesus was learning at the ripe old age of 12 that he needed to begin releasing some things and be about his father's business. And so Jesus went to the temple and to the elders to learn and listen. And shouldn't that be our business as well? To listen and to seek God in the midst of life? For it's so easy to be about our business and forget to listen and participate in the business that God is calling us to. For being about the Father's business means losing ourselves to the cause of Christ. Jesus' parents presumed him to be lost, but he was right where he needed to be. And it's easy for us in these days to be found by all the things in this world, money, work, busyness, and even good things like family and friends. But we can get lost along the way and forget to be about the Father's business. And so you ask, well, exactly what is this business? Well, I think we have some definite instructions about the big picture, which is to love, to forgive, to extend grace, to take care of the earth and one another, to bring about God's justice here in our world. But the everyday business of what to do can sometimes be a bit more challenging to discern. That is true for us as individuals and as a church. There is a tale told of a curious monkey from a small African village who was quite quick and quite greedy. You see, the monkey would appear at market day and steal goods from the vendors selling their wares, mangoes, bananas, nuts. The villagers could not stop this little thief because he was so quick. So they decided they would have to meet and figure out what to do about the problem. Well, the wise sage of the village came up with a plan. That night, he cut a hole in the top of a coconut large enough for the monkey's hand to reach in And at the bottom of the coconut, inside the coconut, he placed peanuts. He put the coconut at the base of the tree and waited patiently. When the monkey woke, he discovered that the coconut was there, and he descended from the tree quickly, and he plunged his hand into the coconut and found a great surprise, peanuts. But he also discovered that to take his hand from the coconut would require that he released this special treat that was hidden in the coconut. And while the greedy monkey struggled to pull out his hand and the peanuts, he was trapped and released at another village. One of the things that I do each year around this time is to think about some goals that I want to set for the new year. I'm not into resolutions because I just can't keep those. So I figure if I do some goals, maybe I'll have better luck. So I try to set goals physically, what do I want to do this year, emotionally, financially, spiritually. And I set those goals as I start the new year. And as I was contemplating this week what those goals might be for me, I got stuck thinking about the new year coming up for us as a church. And I found myself like the monkey trapped. I was thinking, well, I might as well prepare myself for this to be a really stressful year. With all the changes coming up, new services and schedules, renovations, capital campaign, it's just going to be one thing after the other. And in my grumbling, the spirit stopped me in my tracks and spoke to me. What if you let go of that negative thinking and looked at this in a new way, Nina? What if you thought about all the ways that God could surprise you in what lies ahead in the new year? What if you looked each day for the miracles that are happening in the midst of our congregation as you move through these changes? What if you trust me more to help bring together the church that I need for the work of love on this corner of Grinstead and Cherokee. Whoa. Well, what if I did do that? What would that look like? And I realize that our reading in Colossians today tells me and you what is needed to be the church that is about the business of God. It says we are to clothe ourselves with compassion, humility, meekness, I hate this one, and patience. And that we are to forgive each other. And we are to be thankful in all things. We are to teach and admonish one another. And let the word of Christ dwell in us. And whatever we do in word or deed, We are commanded to do everything in the name of the Lord. Well, there you have it. Simple, right? (laughs) Well, yes and no. Being in community is certainly a challenging but rewarding task. And being about God's work is going to take all of us working together to be the church that God is calling us to be. It will mean letting go of some things, and perhaps picking up new things. It will mean if we, that we will all have to pull together in our attendance, in our giving, by volunteering and by listening to God and to one another. This year holds great promise if we will indeed be about our Father's business. May it be so. Let us pray. God, you have called each of us to be about your business, both on an individual basis and as a community of faith. Your business of being love and light in this world and your business of coming alongside each other in this space as we grow and accept new challenges. Give us the grace to look for all the opportunities you are preparing for us and give us the courage to move beyond our comfort zones into new challenges that are being prepared. Compel us to love boldly, to give sacrificially, and to be the people you are calling us to be. We place our hearts and our lives in your care as we move into this new year, anticipating the ways that you will invite us to be partners with you in this business of love you call us to. Through Christ we pray. Amen.